All right, so we're just going to look at the first seven verses, okay, of Joshua 24, all right? And verse 1 says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and their judges and their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Let's go back. It says, Den. All right? And, and so usually that, that indicates something that happened before. Okay? So, in order for us to really understand what chapter 24 is all about, let's just listen to uh, chapter 23. Okay? And I'm going to read chapter 23, and, and it will be helpful for you to pay attention to it, and you can just follow along, or you can just flip right over uh, to chapter 3 and, and follow along in your Bible, so I'll just listen to it here. Um, reading it from the uh, um, uh, New Living Translation. So, just, just 16 short little verses, just for us to understand chapter 24 a little better. Okay? 23. The years passed, and the Lord had given the people of Israel rest from all their enemies. Joshua... Right? And who was Joshua? Joshua was a P prophet. All right. Okay. All right. Who's going to say son of? Son of what? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well. Yeah. Is that up there? Okay. That was good. That was good. All right. Joshua, who was now very old, called together all the elders, leaders, judges, and officers of Israel. He said to them, I am now a very old man. You have seen everything the Lord had, God had done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. I have allotted to you as your homeland all the land of the nations, yet unconquered, as well as the land of those who have already been conquered, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. This land will be yours for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now. You will take possession of their land just as the Lord your God promised you. So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction, the law. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land, do not even mention the names of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Right? So they're like, they have like a perfect record, right? Each one of you will be will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. Now, who thinks they could beat like a thousand people? Like a thousand people came after you to defeat you. Who think Amala? You, you could, that's easy. Sean Air, yeah. You guys really? I don't think so. Okay. So where was I? Okay, verse 10. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. And it's not because of them. Look what it says. For the Lord your God fights for you, just as he has promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. 
But if you turn away from him and cling to the customs of the survivors of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry with them, then know for certain the Lord your God will no longer drive them out of your land. Instead, instead they will be a snare and a trap to you, a whip for your backs, ouch, and thorny brambles, that's like a shrub, in your eyes. Ah. And you will vanish from the good land the Lord your God has given you. Soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise the Lord your God has every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. But as surely as the Lord your God has given you the good things He promised, He will also bring disaster on you if you disobey Him. He will completely destroy you from this dead land He has given you if you break the covenant of the Lord your God by worshiping and serving other gods. His anger will burn against you and you will quickly vanish from the good land He has given you. Can anyone say like what, what was happening in verse 23 essentially? Like in your own words. What, what was Joseph Oh, Joseph. Josh was saying, in your own words, from what you heard in chapter 23. Right? You shouldn't have any idols, right? And, and why you shouldn't have any idols? Right, because there's only one true God, uh, who is deserving of of back then their worship and even now our worship? So, so now we understand verse one where it says, "Then Joseph gathered all the tribes." And then verse two, Joseph said to all the people, "Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel: From ancient times your fathers lived beyond the river, namely, Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods." Verse 1 and verse 2, it talks about a lot about accountability, right? And Joseph called the leaders, starting from the top. I keep saying Joseph. Joshua started from the top all the way down to the people. And, and if we wanted to use, like, ignition for a model, it would be, you know, me and Janika and all the other leaders being called before the tent of the Lord along with you, right? Because uh, there's a message that God has for the people, and there's a message that God has for us uh, tonight um, and today, our current time. And that message is for us to realize that God is the only God that we ought to serve. And despite what, say, our ancestry may have done, it shouldn't dictate how we respond to God, okay? Um, Joshua, Joseph, my goodness, if I can ever get it in my head, Joshua highlighted uh, a lot of faithful acts of what God did in, verse, uh, in chapter 24. Uh, and actually he mentioned a few of them uh, in, uh, in these very first seven verses. And if you look at verse 3 of chapter 24, it says, 
Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. Right? So, God purposefully moved Abraham from his current environment. Right? Why do you think God moved Abraham from where he was? Especially when we look at verses 1 and 2 and it said that, you know, Abraham's father, they all serve other gods. Why do you think God moved Abraham? Was there a reason, you think, or was he just like, oh, you know, I feel like moving him? All right, okay. Very good, like to move him out of that environment. Um, you know, God definitely had a plan uh, for Abraham, uh, and he also had a plan to bless him. And, uh, you know, and if you want to just write this down in Genesis 12, I won't read it for the sake of time. 2 and 3, we see where God, you know, reveals his desire to bless Abraham, and that all the nations who bless him will be blessed, and, uh, and those who curse him will be cursed, you know. And so um, God had a, a desired plan uh, to bless Abraham. And for that, he had to move him from where he was before. Now, are we deserving of God's blessings? Are you sure? Like, there's nothing like we do that, that deserves blessings? I mean, really? I mean, like, like, should he, like, I mean, do we, can we earn his blessings? You say yes? How, like, how can we... Okay, but say before we have a relationship with God, right? I mean, is there any reason why He would He would have to bless us or give us? He, but He, but He, He chooses to, right? All right. So, so we're not blessed by any anything that we have done, right? We're blessed because God chooses to. Uh, and he desires to bless us, uh, you know, his children as well. So, that's the same thing with his faithfulness. You know, God doesn't remain faithful to us only if, only on the basis of we remain faithful to him. That's a big part of it. Because there are many times that I have been incredibly unfaithful to God. And God has proven his faithfulness to me. And I'm like, Why? You know, because I'm like, man, I'm not doing all the things that you command me to do, um, all the things that I should do because I love you, but yet you're still blessing me, you know, and it's in so many different ways. And so it's so important for us to realize that, um, you know, God's blessings, God's faithfulness towards us is not only on the basis of what we do, but is really propelled by his... Um, unconditional love for us. And the more we are obedient to him, the more we respond in equal love and faithfulness to him, uh, the more he will continue to be faithful to us as well. And verse 5, because verse 4 was just saying, about to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Monsir to possess it. Just really talking more again about how God's provision uh, 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 through Abraham and, and, and through his lying as well. And then in verse 5 and verse 6, verse 5 through 7, 
says, starting with verse 5, Then I sent Moses, I talked about God, and Aaron, and played Egypt by what I did in its midst, and afterward I brought you out. Who remember that story? What was that story about? With Moses and plague and Aaron? You guys remember that all right. What what was the whole what was the scenario going on there? Like what was the whole story with that? What what was happening? Okay. And, and who was enslaved? There was a group of people. The Israelites. The Israelites, right? Okay. And what was God's message to Pharaoh? Let my people. Let my people go and. Right, right? Demonstrating that he, and he alone, um, is God. Uh, verse 6 says, I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and Egypt pursued you, pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. But when they cried out to the Lord, the Israelites, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them, and your and your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt, and you lived in the wilderness for a long time. So God is just reminding the people of Israel that all that I've done for you, right? I've been incredibly faithful for you. And we'll see in the next sessions how it all connects. Because right now it's like, okay, that's cool to see. You know, he's been faithful to them. He's you know, uh, uh, recalling some of the things that he's done in their ancestry and some of the things that he will continue to do even now. Um, but how does that connect? And we'll, and we'll see the connection uh, in, the, in the previous, uh, well, not in the previous, but in the next sections. But as I just wrap up, um, I just want to say, you know, God may be doing something in your life. He may have changed some things with your life. He may have moved, moved you from a familiar school that you used to attend he may have removed an individual or individuals from your life. Um, he may have been doing something, and and you just like and you may feel like so frustrated, like why is this happening to me? You know why is this change happening right now? And you may not you may not know right now why, but it may be that God is preparing something for you. You know He may be preparing to to do something in your life for His glory. Right? And, and my encouragement for you is, you know, as we see here what happened with Abraham and how he blessed Abraham, uh, but how he had to remove Abraham from the environment that he was in uh, so that he could fulfill the promises um, that God had made for him. So be encouraged to know that God may just be creating a, an avenue to bless you tremendously. And it doesn't always have to be a financial blessing. You know, it can be deepening your relationship with your parent, your brother, a friend. Um, it can be you, to you, being something that's all just rendering service to a certain organization. Uh, it could be you may be really sick one, one time and, and you pray to him and, and you experience this incredible healing. Uh, uh, you know, so it can be just an array of different things. Um, but sometimes the way God does it is not the way that we all always expect. 
but he is still faithful in all that he does. Um, so I just, in closing, uh, just ask for you to just take inventory of your short life history and just look back, you know, look back of certain things that happened to you and you're like, wow, you know, I was in a car and the person suddenly just stopped and a car just came by and if I was hit, if off vehicles hit, then I would have been gone, right? Um, you know, or, you know, you, you did have a serious illness or you had like an accident and you sprained something or you breaks, you broke, you broke something and, and you're just in excruciating, excruciating pain and, and you find yourself praying that God will help you through this pain and then just miraculously you feel a sense of comfort. Um, or, you know, the simple things. You know, you woke up, you woke up in the morning and you're like, you know what, I can decide what I want to eat because I have so many options. Um, so God is faithful in the big things and in the small things that we tend to overlook so many times. Um, but God has proven himself faithful to us moment by moment, um, day by day. So let us not overlook that. Let us not forget his faithfulness because of the alluring desires um, uh, of the idols of this world.